dealing with uh, deep discipline. Um, I, I want to, I, I really touched by Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll have the passage up here. If you have your Bibles, you want to look at that. Um, and, and you can get most of this, the good stuff with the Holy Spirit away from here. But I just want to prime this just a little bit. Um, this is a thing that's touched my life, an important uh, dynamic in my relationship with Jesus is I love it when he's so good to me and gives good words to me and gives good things to me. But honestly, the deepest work he's ever done is in the midst of my hardships. Um, in the midst of my hardships, I'm not just trying to be positive. I'm telling you, it's just a fact. It's a fact when the cross is applied to my flesh with all its givenness to pride and independence and all its weirdness, you know what I mean? It's just a powerful thing how the Lord deals. And there's actually biblical revelation about how we steward this. One of the primary places in the, is in the book of Hebrews. Uh, this follows uh, Hebrews uh, 12. It's following 11, which is the Hall of Fame of Faith. As you'll know, all these great people that did these great things it ends with a bunch of nameless people who were sawed into and beheaded and all these things, suffering um, and t- saying the earth was not worthy of them. Then it goes into 12 to try to encourage a bunch of Jewish believers who are being persecuted to not give up. That's basically, I mean, it's more elaborate than that, but that's the deal. They're under some serious pressure. And so this is rich stuff from 12.1 on down through 14. It's weird when you say that about a portion of the Bible. Every bit of it's rich. But this is really powerful. And so I just had two other titles I was going to use for this instead of dealing with deep discipline. This was one of them. Responding to the sovereign orchestration of the Holy Spirit in the midst of hardships in a way that increases holiness in the spirit, not corruption in the flesh. But I thought it was a little long. So I came up with an even longer one. This was actually my second title to this deal. Apostolic Wisdom and How to Posture Your Heart, Rightly Interpret and Respond to the Love of Your Father in the Midst of Hardships and by so doing, Rejecting the Accusations of Your Enemy Who Desires to Pervert Your Perception About Pain. But again, a little long, right? It's hard to put on, in the, on the internet as a title of the sermon. But these articulate really in a nutshell all I'm going to say from a couple different angles. In in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks with therefore, verse 1, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses we just talked about, let us us throw off everything that hinders. Let us run with perseverance and let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so he's injecting to suffering people that if your eye is up on the prize, that there actually can be joy in the suffering. And that's what he's trying to give to them, is the pain doesn't have to be something you grit your teeth and just get through. Life is hard. Following Jesus is really amps the hardness. And what I want to do is minister to your heart about that. So I'm going to jump down to verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. So maintain some perspective. And you have completely, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement from the book of Proverbs, which is, my son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't take it lightly, as though we we could do that. Um, And do not lose heart, your heart waste away when he rebukes you. Because the Lord clearly disciplines the one he loves. And he chastises everyone he accepts as a son. Then here's the verse, verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? So this is the power-packed 
paradigm shifter that's coming through our Bible, and it's this. Trouble's coming to everybody, especially those who choose to follow Jesus. It, it doesn't get easier, it gets harder. It's a lie. Anybody else preaching, it's a lie. It's tough when you go after him. You gotta deal with the pain in you, the sin in you, the sin in other people around you, disappointments and those kinds of things. And so he said, here's the deal. You're never gonna get that to go away. But what you can do is shift the way that you steward your tribulations and your pains. In fact, connect this to intimacy with the Father. He'll come out of the wisdom of Solomon, who had supernatural wisdom, who interpreted hardship and discipline from the Lord as an act of love. Almost everyone, I mean, the number one reason people don't believe in God, suffering, evil. And what the apostle does here is he takes all of that and what's personal pain to people, and he says, let me, let me grab that and reframe it, and I want to put it in the realm of the Father loving you intimacy with him, not some kind of despairing uh, pain that happens in the midst of your journey in life. If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, verse 5 or 8, then you're, you're illegitimate. You know, you're not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all if this is not happening to you. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits, I love that phrase, and live. They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good with eternal wisdom in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, however, it's producing a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So here's where he's trying to get to a bunch of weak people. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Take hope from what I just said, that strength infuse in you. And these are physiological terms. They're really talking about their soul. Okay, and they might have been weak physically, but he's like really talking about their soul. They're metaphors for that. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And so, I know this is a big theme for me, and I talk about it a bit here and there because I just, everybody's suffering Everybody's going to go through more of it, and there's trouble coming. And it's a delusion to think it's not going to happen. And so I want to encourage you around this passage to meditate on it, to soak it in, and to, to ask to, to not relent until you get hardship and pain and suffering into the category of intimacy from your father. Now, no one has to change their mind about it. it's painful. I don't like it. I don't want it. Take it away as fast as you can. I think God hears those prayers. But I'm telling you this, there's a thousand things that can happen to you, and he lets five through. There's a, the, the proportion of things and ways that the enemy wants to get at you, that the world wants to get at you, I'm telling you, God, you're going to be shocked one day, and I don't know if I've got this biblically, but I think I'm going to get a record of how many cars he kept from hitting me, how many people he kept from killing me, how many lies he kept from, but he lets through some. And he's sovereignly over that, and the book of Job is our design for that. And it's actually uniquely designed for our experience. Now, I don't think he's the source of those things, but I do believe that he's involved in the surgical work upon our hearts. So, a couple statements and I'll be done. Hardships have a unique ability to confront hidden pride, delusional control, and stubborn unbelief. I, I'm guilty of all three of those, and I'm glad for the hardships that expose me and their unique way they do that. The writer here 
spiritually reframes the purpose and the ultimate source of hardships, which moves them from the realm of senseless suffering to increasing intimacy with the Father. That, if that could happen for you, it's huge. Because most people are getting more bitter, not better. Most people are like, get it off of me, which I want it off of me, so do you. And we're going to eternally have it off of us. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> eternally, no more pain. But in this age, in this moment right now, you've got to find a different way to steward this because you're going one direction or the other. You're going bitter, you're going better. You're going deeper with God or you're going to get more accusational to him. And something's got to happen in us to help us with that. So I want you to notice that this writer, as well as the other apostolic writers in the New Testament, do not give us spiritual keys to keep hardships away but rather invite us into a blood-bought spiritual mind that responds to hardships as invitations to deeper holiness and intimacy with our Father. And I just want to say, with the bit of shepherd heart that's in me, is that I'm not trying to make light of anybody's pain. I know it's real, and it really hurts. I feel it. I feel it. I'm coughing it up. I'm going through it at times in my own life in different experiences. But I believe that you have a blood-bought spiritual right and gift from the Lord, which is to have a different mind. And that mind thinks different about suffering. The whole world despairs and accuses God. The mind of Christ sees suffering as the pathway to the resurrection life. I'm going to save the world through the worst injustice on the planet. Kill me. It's shocking. And that same design happens within our life. So lastly, Joseph's unique response, Joseph in the Bible at the end of Genesis Unique response to his betraying, his slandering, and his murdering brothers. That's what they were. As well as near 20 years of painful circumstances that followed their actions was, this was his response, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. You were trying to kill me and my life, but actually God was saving lives. That's quite a different, you know what I mean? That's a different view of my situation. So, this unusual and otherly merciful and big vision response is now our new covenant inheritance in this age of many hardships. And so I think you need that right now as an American in 2021, not just for pandemic days and weird politic days. I think you need it for every day. And I'm telling you, as we hurl toward the end of the age, it's not going to get easier on the planet. It's going to get more challenging. And for a people who have not been prepared and discipled to steward and ingest hardship and not head down a path of fleshly despair, but head toward a place of spiritual intimacy with the Father, I mean, you've you got to get there because there's no way we're going to get through this thing. They're really not. And there's been warm-ups. All of us have been in some level. I'm not, I don't know what level, if I'm in second or third or fourth grade, but I've been through some stages of some suffering. He's... He's, deal, he's doling it out just as I need it. And, um, and, and some of you may say, is that, that the Lord, my pain? You're saying it's God hitting me? No, I actually think there's real Satan. There's real sickness. There's real evil. There's real junk from people. Most, you know, when it says, Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. I mean, it's the key statement for discipleship. Does everybody understand that a cross largely is full, if not completely, with injustice? It's not just suffering. It's injustice. They shouldn't have said it. They lied. They, they misunderstood me. They accused, you know, if you're waiting for just the good feel justice suffering, good luck. It's going to be full of this kind of stuff. And so 
we got to find a way so that we keep on praying and we keep on praising and we go deeper because that's a crazy deal from the wisdom of Solomon. The father's discipline, his discipline is love. Like what an astounding phrase that had to be in Old Testament times. And then the apostles grab it and take it to another level. So I ask, what is your pain today? What is your pain? What's, is it in relationships? Is it in your body? Is it in your whatever? God's a God who heals and can remove our troubles. And he's a God who will delay. <laughs> he will delay on purpose. And he will do different timing so he can do a good work in all of us. And we are the kind of people that say, I'll praise him when he heals. I'm going to be angry when I'm sick. That's just not going to work. I'll praise him when he gets me out of the trouble. I'm going to. I'm really cursing him when I'm in jail in chains. That's not Paul. Paul and Silas are singing hymns at midnight with chains on them. And then they're broke free with angels, and then they're singing praise again. But the, the key is learning how to have a perpetual praise in the midst living in hope in a faithful father. Does that make sense? So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, would you train us how to walk and, and steward discipline, how to interpret it rightly, that you're not hating us, you're loving us. And then you deliver, you deliver, and then you delay, you deliver, and you delay, all in your wisdom. And in the end, it's bringing our hearts closer to you. So, God, we thank you. Thank you for uh, your deep dealings. We pray that you would shift our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.